Welcome to our weekly energy update with Investec Head of Commodities, Callum McPherson. Good morning, Callum. Good morning, Lam. Your annual hedging considerations note is going to be circulated to clients tomorrow morning. Could you give us a flavor of what its conclusions will be? Yes, certainly. Well, firstly, on the demand side, if we consider who are the biggest uh, net importers of crude oil um, in the world, we have uh, China and Europe. Uh, U.S., of course, is the largest consumer, but it's also, uh, to a large extent, self-sufficient in oil. So China and Europe are both consume around 15 million barrels per day or so of oil, both produce less than 5 million barrels per day of oil domestically. And so these are two regions which are very important for world oil markets. And both have got some economic challenges. Things are not as uh, rosy as they were even in even in China. And both are also experiencing a significant uptake of electric vehicles. In China particularly, there's a very strong support for rapid uh, rollouts of electric vehicles. And that is, of course, going to steadily undermine road transportation demand for oil. And, and that is the biggest part of oil demand. So that's not a great story on the demand side. Then if we turn to supply, well, outside of OPEC plus, really the main source of supply growth, I mean, there isn't going to be supply growth within OPEC plus by the looks of it. Um, the main source of supply growth is going to be from the Americas. And there, of course, um, the US is particularly important. The uh, shale uh, space has, has uh, not really been investing heavily in uh, new production in recent years. There's been a strong focus on returning money to shareholders instead. And that means that although U.S. uh, output is at a record high, it is not uh, looking like it will grow very quickly. But there has been some consolidation in the shale space. Some majors have been buying some of the independents and there have been some mergers and this kind of thing going on. So we may start to see a refocus in approach for shale producers back towards replacing reserves and uh, hence more drilling activity. But things could change quite quickly in terms of U.S. output that could start to grow more quickly again in the future. We don't see the Red Sea disruption as being a, a major issue, actually, providing we don't get any any kind of escal- significant escalation from here. And then really the, the other thing, of course, is, is OPEC Plus. They've announced some additional voluntary cuts um, in the last OPEC meeting last year. Those are in force at the moment, so starting on the 1st of January. And then one of the key question marks for the market is as to whether those are, are delivered. Um, but if they are delivered, then we would expect the market to be reasonably tight over the first quarter. And then turning to market positioning, speculative players are not that heavily involved in the oil market at the moment. So there is scope to add to positions if a positive story um, does develop. And I think the market will be very closely focused on, on OPEC plus for the next few weeks. Why do you think the challenges in the Red Sea will not have a big impact on prices? Well, Reuters recently reported that a 1 million barrel uh, capacity large crude carrier can cost um, about $85,000 a day to rent. So that equates to about $0.085 per barrel per day. So if it takes you an extra 15 days to sail around the Cape rather than going through the Suez Canal, it adds about one275 dollars per barrel onto the price of the crude being carried. You know, that's obviously quite an addition from a freight point of view, but it, it's not hugely significant in the context of a price of uh, an overall price of the barrel of, of oil to add $1.275 per barrel onto it. And of course, that increased cost would only apply for crude or products that would normally be coming through the Suez Canal. And the fact is, these days, a lot of crude comes from sources other than the Middle East, certainly into Europe anyway. The, the Suez Canal is, is not as important as it once was. And where do you see the market going this year? 
Well, I think as uh, mentioned uh, earlier, the outcome of the OPEC plus cut is a key one for the market. So I don't think expectations are particularly high. So if OPEC plus members were to deliver on the cuts, the additional voluntary cuts that they have agreed to, I think that could be a pretty positive surprise for the market. And we could then see Brent continuing to test higher, maybe going through $85 per barrel where we have the 200 day average. And that could open up to test on things like $90 per barrel. And I think we'll, we'll start to get at the end of this month or the start of next month, we'll start to get an idea of what uh, OPEC plus members are producing. And then we'll get that confirmed when we start to get some things like the IEA report in the middle of the month. So by that time, we should have have some idea. And that's when the market will start to react accordingly. On the other hand, if it's clear that really nobody other than the Saudis have stuck to the deal, then we could see a test on further downside. I think we've had lows not so long ago at $75 per barrel. So that would be the the first one to look out for. But potentially we could even see a test on on $70 per barrel. Thank you, Callum. We'll chat again next week. Thank you, Len. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Investec's Weekly Energy Update with Callum McPherson. If you'd like to discuss any of the contents of the podcast, drop Callum an email on callum.mcpherson at investtech.co.uk or visit investtech.com forward slash commodities. Until next time, thank you.